third episode of Old Titans. Once again, I'm John Paul. I'm the legendary B-Man. And what third episode now? Third episode. I've lost track because we record like ten of them. So this is great. This is great. I, I think by the time we get to three, that means we actually probably will just keep going. And we're not going to just give up on it. Uh, that is right. You stuck with us at this point. Yeah. So, we're going to kick it off with answering our question from last time. Do you want to remind everybody what the question was? If you could reboot any 80s cartoon into a live-action movie or a series, what would it be? Into a movie or a series or whatever. Yes. It doesn't matter. But live-action. Live-action. Now live-action, then animated. Correct. Then be in 80s. Be in 80s. Back in the olden days. Back in when we were still adults, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, me first? Yes. Okay. So I thought about it, okay, and then I forgot your question. Then I had you remind me right before we started, and I remembered that I had answered it. Which is Alzheimer's, by the way, but all right. Yeah, it could be. Just for the people listening, you probably didn't need to know any of that, but, you know, kind of a open-door policy, so yeah. All right, so my answer, for anybody who remembers it, Thundar the Barbarian. We got a fist pump over here from the B-Man. Thunder the Barbarian was fantastic. I actually didn't even think of that, which is why I think it was actually the 70s. Could be wrong on that one. But that's not so right. That's the well, time here we're it was, it was a copy, in a way, of Star Wars. Okay. But it ran for multiple seasons. So while it might have started in the 70s, it didn't actually finish until sometime in the 80s. I would have to look up the exact dates. But it's it's right there at that same time period. And it definitely looked very... 80s, and for anybody who hasn't seen it, Thunder of the Barbarian was very much um, a copy of lots of stuff. I say Star Wars, but it was lots and lots of different shows. You had the obvious Conan the Barbarian reference in right. the title. You had a post-apocalyptic world, very Mad Max-like. The main character carried around his light sword, which was his lightsaber. He traveled with the Princess Ariel... And Ukla the Mach, which, of course, were Princess Leia and Chewbacca. and Chewbacca. Outside of that, however, oh, and their villain, which I cannot remember the villain's name, but the villain definitely had a um, Darth Vader, Emperor-type feel. But outside of the characters and the name of the show, the actual storyline was very original, something that... It was Mindoc, right? The Menace or something like that? So that sounds that sounds about right. Um Got to have that hard K sound there in the name to make yeah. sure you know it's evil. 1980, by the way, right in the spot. So you're you got There it. we go. There yes. we go. Google's a wonderful thing. It is. Or IMDb or whatever you use. IMDb. There we go. Um, so anyway, I loved Thundar. Loved the entire series. It had a storyline. Yes, every episode was standalone because it's a cartoon and that was the rule. But they had to, They did have an overarching storyline and it was... Just something you would not have expected to come out of American animation at the time. It's something that I would definitely have expected to come out of uh, the Japanese anime world, but not out of America, because at the time you were dealing with, and love them, but Scooby-Doo. Right. Super Friends. Yep. Things like that, which were fun, but the level of maturity of those shows versus the Japanese animated stuff, very, very different. Now, if you could cast Thundar himself, do you have somebody in mind? Or is that kind of throwing the loop there? Oh, if you could rewind a few years, especially if you rewind to later in the 80s, right. Mark Singer. Oh, okay. I mean, he was Beastmaster, he which was. was visually Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure about today. 
not sure about today. See, I'm thinking Chris Hemsworth, but the same point, too, is he already played Thor. It's kind of similar type character. It's okay. Since so much of it looks like a copy, that could be okay. <laughs> That'd be okay, I guess your point. So Peter Mayhew as well, I guess. But yeah, no. yeah, have him be Ookla the Mock. Yeah, he'd be great at that, actually. For me personally, I know you haven't watched much of it, was Robotech back in the day. Oh, yeah. Very Pacific Rim style, um, fighting jets, turning into robots, fighting the bad guys. I just loved Robotech back in the day. It was one of my favorite cartoons ever. It would sell better. It would definitely just as a, say, as a movie. Oh, yeah. It, it, it has a built-in, even if people don't know it, giant robots. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going to go see giant robots. Exactly. The main thing for this is, number one, and this is number one through ten, actually, no Michael Bay involvement. <laughs> no directing, no producing. Your name is totally out of this movie. I, I can And agree it would be great. Yes. So, well, there's probably a few other people you don't want to have their name attached. Well, yeah, but he's the number one through ten. He's one through ten? He's one through ten. You don't have him one through nine and maybe Zack Snyder number ten? Well, Michael is one through nine and Bay is ten. Zack Snyder's definitely out there as well. See, the thing is, Zack Snyder, he, I don't, I, he, visually, I love his stuff. Yeah. It's just his stories just either don't collude with me, don't, they don't just, not collude, I'm sorry, but they don't just mesh with me. They just so get, get someone else to write it, and he has absolutely zero control of the story other than just making it happen visually. Yeah, I'd be okay. I loved his Dawn of the Dead work. Yeah. I did. I loved the effects of Superman versus Batman. I loved the effects of um, that girl movie, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch as a movie sucked, but the dream sequences were, were fantastic. Were incredible. I oh, can, yeah. I can sit there and watch those dream sequences over and over and over again because they're so much fun. Right. And that's just, that's him to me. So, again, if somebody else did write it, and he just, okay, you know, he's directed exactly how it is right now, like he did for Watchmen, he directed yeah. it exactly to the book, other than yeah. change a few things in the ending, for example, but yeah. I think it'd be good. All right. So I'll go with that with Zack Snyder. All right. So we've got Thundar the Barbarian and Robotech. Correct. Now we just need to have the mashup that follows it, Thundar versus Robotech. Robotech would probably win that one by a lot. Unless Thundar got his light sword in just the right spot, you know. And then well, the, the jets, too, they can fly above him and just nuke him, I imagine. Yeah, but Ukla the Mach could throw him into the air. That's a, that's a pretty far throw. And Princess Ariel would use her magic... You forgot about magic. I did forget about the magic. Magic could, you know... Yeah, it Robotech ones. Anyway. <laughs> it's like Jaws versus Titanic. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. Well, for the rest of the show, we got a couple other topics to talk about. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit of Walking Dead uh, mid-season finale. Yes. And we'll get to our Marvel versus DC segment, focusing on the crossovers this time. But we'll kick it off with The Walking Dead mid-season finale. Just happened uh, three days ago. Right. Okay. What do you think? It was... Mid-season finale was great. I liked the episode itself. The problem is, as we talked at the beginning of the season, we predicted the season almost to the T. Yep. You know, a couple of things here and there are different, but this is how it's going to happen. It's going to start off with a bang, which it started off with a bang. Some character more, development. More of a thump. A thump. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, a couple of thumps, actually. Yeah, a couple of thumps. Um, okay, then we do rebuilding. Okay. Then character development. Okay. And, and more then character development. Extra character development. And, and extra then more, ca- and right. more, and more character development. And then as I said at the beginning of the season, it's going to be like that the entire season and going to get boring at times. And then the episode before mid-season finale is going to pick up a little bit, which it did. And the mid-season finale is going to leave you, I want more. But that's the problem, is the fact yeah. that I enjoyed 
three episodes this season. And they're not the direction. I just am confused. I think every single episode taken by itself was enjoyable. Right. Each one standalone. All the actors did a great job. Right. The effects were good. Um, what was happening on screen was enjoyable to watch and listen to, in and of itself. But as a whole, the structure. Yeah, the structure just. Let's get going, and then put it into neutral and just let it coast for the next five or six or whatever episodes. Right. Yeah. That, and don't pull everybody together until, you know. And that's, unfortunately, I'm afraid of that. That's what's been happening the last few seasons. It's been too predictable, even though the deaths aren't predictable. Other than that, that's really it. The and that's, what, so. that's what's happened to the ratings. I mean, right. while it's coasting, the ratings start plummeting. Exactly. I'm sure the finale got enough ratings and the show's still got good ratings, but it has fallen. Uh, I'm sure it was a big enough finale that come next, you know, next year, February, March, I think it's February 12th, if I remember right, is uh, when it comes back. It'll have a nice big kickoff again. Um, but then we'll probably get the same kind of thing. The first one will probably be really good, and then we'll have a handful of, they're spinning their wheels. They're pretending to get something done. Until the next to last one, it's all coming together. And then, yes. And then it will come together. Hopefully this year, not with a huge cliffhanger. It wasn't the problem with the cliffhanger. My problem was the more the fact that it was a cliffhanger. The entire season was one big cliffhanger. Yeah. You knew Negan was coming. You knew someone was going to die. And then they leave you with that. So the entire season almost felt to waste it to me. Yeah, Be- because you knew it was coming. If you right. didn't know Negan was coming, he just suddenly showed up in that last one. The cliffhanger made sense. Exactly. Um, but you're teased that the entire season for six months out of our lives. You want to pay off after six months. So do you think the show is getting stale right now? I think the potential storylines keep it from getting stale. I just think the showrunners need to get out of the comfortable formula. Right. That, that's what I think it is. I, the show itself has so many possibilities I wouldn't call it stale because it can go so many different directions and stay interesting. It might be time to trade out a couple of key producer-level people, not not the actors, not right. directors and, and, and such, but change out the people running it a little bit to um, give it a boost. I know you don't watch Doctor Who, but much like Doctor Who does every so often, every time you get a new doctor, usually you end up getting a new showrunner, and the, the whole show takes a left-hand turn or a right-hand turn. Or maybe it hops into another dimension. Whatever it does, you get a completely new show that is not unfamiliar, and it refreshes the audience. And that's why it's lasted for over 50 years. I don't see Walking Dead, with its current people running it, with its current formula, lasting 50 years. I don't see it lasting five more years, or even three more years at this point. Not at this point. Unless they change the formula up, I don't see it lasting much longer. Maybe another year or two. It's just, to me, it almost has gotten stale. You know, I love Carol, probably my, my favorite character in the show, maybe. I finally saw her again. You know, halfway through the season, she's been on two episodes. Um, and I, she didn't do much. She, no, she said, get out of my house. Yeah. She get did, out. She did more in the second episode, but yeah. in this one, you kept waiting, you kept waiting, and yeah. nope, not going to yeah. do anything. And Ezekiel, big, oh, Ezekiel's there, the kingdom's there. I haven't seen Ezekiel since the second episode. That. Over the summer, they kept pitching how much Ezekiel was going to be a big part of it. There were rumors, are we going to have Carol and Ezekiel relationship? Right. We're spending the money on the tiger. We're going to do so much, so much, so much. 
And, well... I haven't seen Ezekiel since the second episode. <laughs> it can't be about money. Walking Dead's ratings and how much money it's bringing in are so much higher than any other comic book-based show. Right. Oh, yeah. The Flash is up there, but it has so much more potential um, to spend money than The Flash, or the ability to spend more money. And yet The Flash is doing, you know, Gorilla Grodd multiple times, King Shark, tons of effects and everything else. They can't be saying that they're holding off on the tiger because of the effects budget. I'm sorry, that's just not it. They're not even doing that much with zombies. I mean, at this point, you could just ignore the zombies for two or three episodes in a row and nobody would care. You could almost ignore them for an entire season at this point. Yeah. There is that... Stock footage. Yeah. (laughs) Something. It's just, I want too many storylines, too many... It's spread thin. Yep. So, I hope... I mean, I loved the ending. I thought it was great. Yeah, they're ready to fight. But unfortunately, it's exactly what I expected it to be. It literally was almost, ex- other than the deaths, which I wasn't sure of who died, the entire season has been exactly the way I thought it would go. Yeah, and, and that's and that's bad. When it's that predictable, it's bad. Right, because the best thing about Walking Dead was you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Are they going to say truth to the comic? Are they going to fade? You never knew. And it's not about the deaths. I, I'd be happy, not because I love any particular character, but I'd be perfectly satisfied, maybe satisfied is a better word, if they never killed another major character for the rest of the series. Okay. I don't have to have major character deaths to be unpredictable. Right. But right now, their only unpredictability is, is Negan going to use his right hand or his left hand when he swings the bat? Right. That's about as unpredictable as they get right now. It is. And, and that's unfortunate because, you know, back in the day, when season the season three, in the jail, T-Dog died. Oh, my God, T-Dog just died. And then you're blown away, and that same episode, Laurie dies. Yeah. Like, what just happened? You know? And, and, and she doesn't just die. Yeah, her yeah, own yeah. son has to shoot her in the head. Which is great. I would have done that for him personally if I was there. Oh, anybody I, should have done that for I, him. I, no, I mean, Lurie, you know, you had to come. And I probably would have <laughs> took it out before that. <laughs> One last thing I do want to mention on Walking Dead. Right. My only real complaint. I said overall I enjoyed the episodes, which I have. Mm-hmm. Big complaint. They keep, I know they want to keep Negan around. Negan's great. I don't want Negan to go anywhere. Yes, but eventually be defeated. But kept out there, you know, kind of like you put Lex Luthor in jail. You know he's going to break out. He's going to come back in the future. Negan needs to be able to come back. So I don't want him dead. But they keep teasing the potential of having him killed. But they're going beyond just the potential. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this last time or not. But stop putting characters in a position where the character has to act stupid in order to not kill Negan. Right. Carl, early on, Negan's very first visit, he's sitting there with a handgun pointed at Negan, what, two feet away from him? Yep. Pull the trigger. Done. Yeah. Even if, even if you know, that doesn't end everything, Negan, you can kill real easily. When Carl is in the back of the truck and pops out with his uh, machine gun, he kills a couple other people. He had the opportunity to kill Negan. Instead, no, let's have them talk for a minute and do some other stuff so that he's in a position to not get killed. Several of these kind of things. And this one, they did it again. The single bullet. The single bullet from the gun. You kept waiting. Is she going to use it? Is she going to use it? I was waiting for them to finally surprise me and get creative. Maybe she'd have to use that single bullet to put Spencer out of his misery, which would be a waste. I know, but something unexpected. But no, right. she fires it at him. Okay. Almost what? point What's point blank? Point blank. I mean, no more than three feet apart. Four feet apart. Yeah, tops. For a gun, inconsequential how many feet it was. It, that was point blank. Okay. If you want to have her miss... Perfectly fine. But no. Negan is walking around. He's swinging Lucille. He's, he's holding it there. And something at the beginning of that scene said, 
Oh, they wouldn't be so stupid as to have her accidentally shoot the bat, would they? No, that that wouldn't happen. That's not going to happen. And then that's what it was. With the bat directly in front of his face, no more than six inches from his face, a giant lever. Okay, physics, people, physics. <laughs> you got a giant lever here. Giant in terms of, you know, it, for a right. size person. It hit the bat no more than, what, a few inches from the top of the bat while he's holding it down where you're supposed to be holding a baseball bat. That gives you two to three feet in between. All right, if a little bitty kid, if a little bitty baby, you have a baby in one arm and a bat in the other arm held in that same position, and the baby reaches over and mashes against the top of that bat, it's going to whack you in the face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's going to hurt. Even a baby who has no strength, just leaning against it, is going to hit you in the face and hurt your nose. Now we have a bullet hitting this thing. And nothing. And it stopped. It yeah. just stopped. And I don't care if this was a homemade bullet that didn't have as much power as a regular bullet or anything it's else. The, a bullet's a bullet. It embedded into the wood. Yeah. That should have smashed him in the face. Now, I do not know enough biology or physics, or have to the math or whatever, to, to tell you whether or not that's enough to have just killed him right there. It definitely would have sent him backwards onto that pool table. And he would have had a bloody nose and scrapes and stuff in the barbed wire in his face. Right. Probably unconscious, but at a minimum, thrown backwards. And nothing. And I'm going to do the rare thing right now and agree with you. When she pulled the gun out and she shot it, you knew Megan was fine. I was hoping the gun backfired. Maybe she took damage to her arm or something. Yeah. But no, they did exactly the cheesiest thing where he happened to swing the bat at the right moment and hit Lucio. Even Rosita, who's... You know, under the depression, she was with Abraham all those years. Yeah. She has to know something about guns, yeah. something about logics, and she missed that. And I'm like, again, it was stupid to me. Like, that, to me, was just really cheesy. Spencer's death, I loved how they ended Spencer, you know? Yep. You're talking smack about Rick while he's gone, but you know what? He's out there doing things for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're useless to me right now. Yep. I loved that, how they handled that. Almost exactly how they handled it in the comic. Almost word by word exactly how they handled it in the comic. Loved it. But you're right. I would disagree with you on the first cow situation. Cow has the gun in the house, point blank. It was shoot stressful. Yeah. Rick talked him out of that one. And that's why I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Now, in the truck, the machine gun pointed to Yeah, yeah there's nothing. Yeah, he, he should have He said himself trigger. he was planning on not coming back that day. Yeah. He thought he was going to die. Pull the trigger. He should have held the trigger down and just moved it back and forth across as many people, including Negan, as he could have. Yeah, maybe try to run. You had You had something there. Yeah. Especially the fact that you're not planning to come back. There's no reason for you whatsoever not to do that. And now all of a sudden, well, I killed a couple of his guys. I have at least him dead and a couple of the guys dead. Still a machine gun. Yeah. But let's put this down and surrender and talk to him. No, that was, to me, was terrible. And they're doing that, I agree with you totally. They're putting the smart yep. characters into dumb situations. Yep. All right. So I think we've put The Walking Dead in the ground there yes. a little bit. Um, so we'll move on to our next segment. So the next segment is our um, usual Marvel versus DC. This time we're going to talk mostly about the DC um, crossover over on the CW. Huh? So Supergirl for a smidge, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. Um, all based on the 1980 uh, classic Invasion miniseries. Uh, which was which a I good love. one. Fantastic miniseries. Right. Wonderful miniseries. They could not do that story exactly. Well, a lot of characters are missing. A lot of characters are missing. Um, a very different direction behind the original story. However, the fact they used it as a pay homage to it or whatever, that's fine. That that worked. So I thought they picked a good story, 
there. Um, I thought they did a good job of blending all the shows together and not making it feel forced. I know we talked last time. Oh, and for full disclosure here, I have seen the whole thing. B-Man is slacking a little bit by not seeing anything at all. Not seeing any of it. So while he said he doesn't mind being spoiled I don't mind at all. I'm probably going to be talking more about themes and how things happen than about specific plot points because that's more important to me right now is is that Supergirl, for anyone who hasn't seen it, including you, the entire episode of Supergirl was really just its mid-season finale. There were two or three times that portals opened up. No one knew what's going on. They closed. No big deal. Didn't have anything to do with the story. Except at one point it distracted a bad guy at the appropriate time. Outside of that, in the last minute of the show, has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Barry and Cisco show up to get Supergirl. We have a crisis. We need you. She's like, great, I knew those portals were you. Okay, fine. It's the lead-in to the actual crossover. She is fully in the entire thing. So it should be called a Supergirl and everybody else crossover. She should not be left out, but it's not her show as a crossover. Because they repeat, they repeat that exact scene at the appropriate moment inside the Flash. So you could watch those three and not miss a thing. Um, my question for you is, my biggest pet peeve of last season's crossover, yep. it was too forced. This one it does not feel too, forced. doesn't feel forced at this all. This one does not feel forced. There are scenes that feel a little forced because they want to have fun and do some stuff. Right. But the story does not feel forced. The story feels very natural. Very much like you're reading your weekly comics and they decided to drop a summer crossover series where aliens decide to invade. Okay. So aliens have decided to invade. Now what's everybody going to do about it? And it's... It works. That, that part works. Because of budget considerations, they had to do some things that you know in the real world they wouldn't do. Marsha Manhunter had to stay behind. She doesn't call her cousin Superman to come and help. Which, again, blows my mind. Yes. If this was in the comics, they get called, they come to help too. Plus, anybody else that she can think of to come help. I get it. If, if, you, if you can suspend you know, your disbelief to say a man can fly, a woman can fly, bullets can bounce off, people can go... You know, faster than the speed of light, and all the other things. Okay, take into account the budget and. But here's a question for you: Wouldn't you just left Superman out the first couple of episodes and brought him in for Evasion as his big appearance? Would that be better for you? Because the first couple, of, yeah, it was cool having him there, but I could have done well to him either way. That's Evasion I'm... seems a lot more likely to have him as his first appearance. That's where my biggest complaint. Overall, I'll say this. Overall, loved the crossover. Okay. I have things I could rave about, but because I'm a comic geek, there's things I can complain about. So my biggest complaint <laughs> is each episode, and this happens with any type of TV show that is a crossover, when you're on the, the show, you know, when you're on Flash, you're going to focus more on the Flash storyline. When you're on Arrow, you focus on the Arrow storyline. When you're on Legends, you focus on the Legends storylines with supporting characters and other stuff that's been going on. For me, when I see a crossover like this, I want them to throw out the playbook. I don't want them to even call it the episode just The Flash and Arrow and Legends. I want them to call the entire thing Invasion, which they did. They gave every episode the title Invasion, but don't care about whose show is whose. Write one big story. Don't worry about balancing out the characters. Write a story and use the characters you want to use in the right places and just tell the story. But they did have to fall into that trap of during Flash, you get more of Wally's story and Joe and other people. During Arrow, you got a whole lot of 
you know, it was the 100th episode of Arrow, I get it. I would have done the 100th one as a different episode. You know, I mean, as in, don't do the crossover during the week of the 100th. But, um, and on Legends, they did more of the time travel and everything else. Legends probably did the best job of not feeling like it was their show only. And that's, I would have actually, I, I'm agreeing with you constantly, this is blowing my mind. But I would have, you're right, just instead of this whole week, just called it Invasion Week. And that was it. But because of that, if you bring Superman in now, that's such a unique thing. In executive producers' minds and everybody else that's in Hollywood type people, they're going to sit there and say, well, when you bring in someone new like that, you've got to focus on them all the time. And that takes the focus away from our main characters. Hey, I don't care. But B, if you want to keep that mindset, that means you've got to introduce him earlier. But save a little bit of budget and bring him here too. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why. I should... Again, that just bothers me. They should have him in there. I think Marvel would do that. I really do think Marvel would have the main character there. Of course, they could use some of the leftover money from a dozen movies now to yeah. find a little bit of extra. And, and here, here's a complaint on Marvel. This is not a complaint about their quality. This is a complaint on the way they're running stuff. Oh, yeah. You need to take a shot at Marvel right now. Absolutely. Oh, I think you'll love this one, though. I okay. think you'd love this idea. That, and but the complaint is they're not doing this. I think they need to set aside a certain amount of money, profit, from every one of their big-budget movies, whether it's Doctor Strange... Avengers or anything else, say that X number of dollars, we're talking millions here, you know, $25 million, $50 million, pick some number and say, for each movie, we're going to set, set aside that much money to create an incredible, whether it's Netflix show or, you know, cable or broadcast networks or whatever. So if you have Doctor Strange funding $25 million towards the next um, Daredevil season, suddenly you don't have as much budget constraints. That's true. I actually never thought of that. I know. That's not the way an accountant should think of it. It's not the way somebody's running a business should think of it. However, they do have that ability to do that because they got a lot of money. They, they, they're dominating right now. So that would, be, that would be a great way to do it. At some point, DC will get there. Whether we like or don't like, at some point, DC is going to have that steady stream as well. And I would have the same complaint about them if they don't use that to fund some of their other sources. Because those other sources, even if you don't look at it as... This has to make money and stand alone. No, that could develop characters that you spin into their own movies. You're investing here, you know, invest $25 million on creating a season of, you know, Daredevil or Jessica Jones or a character you haven't done yet that I'm not thinking of in order to build them up enough that later you can have a $500, $600, $700 million movie. That $25 million was just seed money to create that movie later on to put them in the public's eye. Now, are you still against bringing Supergirl into the Arrow-Flash universe itself, or keep them separate still? I was never against it. I wanted them to do it at the beginning of the season. Right. Now, now that, that they haven't, I don't think there's any reason to merge them now. Now it would feel forced. You'd, you'd go back to that. Now I'm going to just... I think this would have been a good opportunity to do that, to have the universes combined, because again, then a crossover again. And now you... Again... They take care of that. Do they? I won't spoil that one for you, but to make future crossovers easy... They did do a little bit of um, Star Trek tech thing that, uh, oh, by the way, here we go. Now it's going to be easy. Fine. Because we all wanted the musical episode between Flash and Supergirl, which for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, the two actors, or actor and actress, came from Glee. They're both accomplished singers. They've worked together in the past. We've already seen Barry singing karaoke on an episode of Flash in a previous season. As soon as they announced who Supergirl was, everybody started immediately wanting to have, eventually, a musical episode with the two of them singing. I, I wouldn't say everybody. I'm okay without that happening. A lot of fans. How about that? A lot of fans. A, a lot, lot of that. fans that are not me. 
But it would also let us potentially have Neil Patrick Harris be a part of it because he voiced um, the villain. I'm blanking on the name of the villain. That's horrible. I shouldn't be doing that. But on Batman, the Brave and the Bold, there was a musical villain. They had one musical episode of that animated series, and there was a villain who called everyone to sing, voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, who is a very good singer. And so you had Batman and others all singing throughout the episode. It was very fun. If you could bring that villain into the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl universe and have Neil Patrick Harris be the villain and sing, that could be so much fun. And see, this is why Marvel is better than DC. Marvel would never do that. They would never have, let's have a musical episode. No, that sounds beyond, that's Adam West style cheese right there. We move beyond that these days. It's called fun. It's called fun. It, you do it as your April 1st episode. As although, April... although that might end up being uh, Mixias Pitalik. Or Mitzelblick, depending on which one they go with. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be better with him. I can't say that. He's name. coming to Supergirl, by the way. Is he? Yes. I'm that. I'm actually looking forward to. That'd be fun. Him. That, and that would be a great April. He Bowl was terrible episode. on Smallville. I yeah, hated the version was. of Smallville. You're right, you're right. But I don't think Marvel would ever stoop to that level. Marvel does his own cheese, but that's that's really cheesy to me. A sing-off like they did in Buffy, really. Uh, don't 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 go there. With Buffy. I'm don't going go there. there. I'm going there with Buffy. Buffy is the most successful one ever. On but at least with Buffy, Buffy was always cheesy. Buffy always had a... Buffy, I love Buffy. I love Angel. There was a certain cheese factor. There yes. was a big cheese factor. Marvel doesn't have that cheese factor that Buffy has. Yeah. That DC might have. Oh, there's no question they have that. Which is why Marvel is the better of the two. We will agree to disagree on that one, because that one is purely a matter of taste, a matter of what you prefer. As much as I don't prefer the Adam West-era Batman, it can be fun to watch, but I, that is not my preferred Batman. No. I don't think it sure is either. No. However, there are people in this world who, that is their version of Batman, not just because they saw it first, that's what they prefer. You can't convince them otherwise, just like telling somebody their favorite color. I happen to enjoy, not every episode, but I happen to enjoy once a season, having a silly for no reason other than to be silly episode of a show. I think it can be a lot of fun. Well, then again, you really can't do that on Marvel, because Marvel, you only get 13 episodes. And you get much fewer. Yeah. A very cohesive story. So, I'll go with that as kind of a dream sequence type story. That'd be kind of fun. If they could put on a one-shot, or we're putting out multiple one-shots a year, just random one-shots here and there, and they decided, you know, in between Daredevil and Season 3 and Jessica Jones Season 2... Ryan Reynolds wouldn't do anything, and we did a one-episode one-shot of Deadpool kidding around and having fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. You'd be okay with something silly like that. Yeah, I would be. In fact, him and Tom Holland wasn't doing anything, so we'll bring in Spider-Man. We'll have the two of them kidding around for a 30- to 45-minute show just as a one-shot, just for fun. So what you're saying is Deadpool is fantastic? No. I'm giving that as an example to someone who is what against all What do you have against Deadpool? He's Deadpool. stupid. He's stupid. Well, yeah, he's supposed to be. He's fantastic. He's, no, he's hysterical. The thing is, you haven't watched the movie yet. I've, re- I've read him in the comics. He's stupid. You, if you, you're looking at it like a serious comic. He's, he's comedy. He's pure comedy, and it's great. But he if didn't he, go far enough. If he was Ambush Bug, I could, do, I could deal with it. Ambush Bug is, is there. But nobody like, wants to see an Ambush he's, Bug movie. He's somewhere between Cable and Ambush Bug, and you can't be between Cable and Ambush Bug. you got to be all Cable which included all of its Rob Liefeld terribleness, or you got to be <laughs> all ambush bug and all of its Keith Giffen fun. He's trying to walk a line between the two. No, no, he's, he's really not. He's, I would say, more Punisher and ambush bug, but, I mean, no, I think it's... I think if you gave the movie an honest try, and I think with you and Guardians of the Galaxy, you wouldn't do that. I gave it an honest try. 
it took me three times to get through that movie, but I kept going back and watching it again from the beginning. To Did you watch through. the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer? No, I have not watched the Guardians of the Galaxy now, trailer. Now, see, I have at least an excuse with the DC crossover. That's a few hours. The Guardians of the Galaxy trailer is something you can do in the bathroom. Which, actually, when I first saw it, it was in the bathroom. Just FYI, TMI, whatever. It's probably more information they need to know. So it's I TMI. would say, based on my expectation, that's probably its preferred place to be. Um, sorry, you walked into that one. I did. Um, but, back to our original topic. The crossover at DC, I do think they did a much better job. This one was not forced. This one was definitely not the Legends backdoor pilot thing they did last year. Uh, this was a standalone story. They balanced it pretty well. Even though they did do the, you know, focus on each person's story a little bit more in their own episode, they blended it much better. The only forced stuff, they've got a training sequence. At one point, you know, Ollie has to say, I think we all need to be prepared. Let's practice some and train some. That's because they wanted to see all the characters fighting amongst themselves without actually having to give a reason for fighting amongst themselves. So, since we're going to be fighting aliens, well, we have our own alien here, Supergirl. So we'll all go up against Supergirl. They wanted one shot of Supergirl sitting there and not being affected by anybody. And yeah. it was fun. But that one felt forced. You knew the reason they were doing that scene was just because they wanted to have that scene, not because it made sense in the story. And what I'll say, my favorite part about the DC Universe is the DC Superhero Fight Club. I love those little shots. Those, those things are, are great. great. Those are fantastic. If this training had been like the Fight Club scene, I'd, I'd be right there. This training felt more forced than that. Okay. The, if they had done the Fight Club, that would have been great. However, they do set this up for potentially bringing the Fight Club into <laughs> canon. They, wow. they do set it up based on their location for most of this, which that, that's the last thing I have to say. I will have to spoil this for you because I have to mention it. The best part of the entire crossover. They needed a place to gather. And I'm not sure why they didn't want to just gather in the Arrow Cave or why they didn't want to gather at Star Labs. They wanted a warehouse. They wanted someplace big. Basically, they wanted a neutral spot. That's what they really wanted. Right. They wanted a neutral spot that didn't look like one show was getting preference. In reality. So, Barry points out, oh, I have this warehouse sitting around that Star Labs owns. We can use it. And when you first see it from outside at the right angle, it's the Hall of Justice. It is straight from Super Ugh. Friends. It is the Hall of Justice exactly. Except with Star Labs logo in a couple of spots. But it doesn't come across cheesy. When you see it, okay. it makes sense. It looks great. They could end up using that as their meeting place, as their fight club, as anything else. They need a big table and a big projection screen. They, they need a lot there, but oh, it was just the little kid in me. When you first see the Hall of Justice, the little kid in me just exploded with joy. I mean, it was just, ah! Uh... Well, speaking of little kids exploding with joy here, yes, Star Wars Rogue One. Comes out a couple of days. There we go. Um, as of the day we're recording this, we're two days away. Yes. Reviews are hitting already. Reviews yeah. that are giving it really, really good reviews. And I've read some of those reviews. I'm not doing anything about the movie. I want to be surprised. But the reviews are extremely nice. And that gets me really nervous. I had one that described it as, imagine a Star Wars movie um, directed by Ridley Scott. Wow. I didn't see that one, but that's... Yeah. That's bold. <laughs> yeah, that that's the way it was described. And this same reviewer ranked the movies, or at least their top three, and put this as the best Star Wars movie 
that's ever been filmed. Uh, that's a high bar. That's I mean, a high bar. I'd rather them have said this was number three. That way, I wouldn't go in expecting perfection. I'd be going expecting good. Well, think about the Star Wars movies, and, you know, I love them all. Even the cheesy ones, the bad ones, I, I still enjoyed them. The Even thing the is, uh, I, I ignore some parts <laughs> okay. of the movies. There you go. It's just the fact that none of them are really great stories. Let's be real. Have you ever seen a Star Wars movie that's been, wow, that was just an amazing story? No. They've all been fun. So that's what I kind of want. I will say, probably if you took, let's, let's go with episodes four, five, and six. Okay. Let's get rid of the controversial one, two, and three that some people like, some people don't, Jar Jar, and all, all the rest. Let's just take four, five, and six. New Hope, Empire, and Return. If you took that and serialized it and spread it out across, you know, multiple 42-minute episodes with commercials in between and spread it out and created a TV season out of it, you're right. It's fun. It's got dark moments. It has light moments. It has, you know, never tell me the odds. You've got all kinds of, all kinds of yeah. fun. That feels a lot like what they do with Arrow and Flash and all of that. They don't, they don't have the super dark, super realistic, they, you know, it's, it's all fantasy. It's okay. science fantasy, not science fiction. And that's kind of what DC is. DC is more science fantasy than anything else. Um, unlike Walking Dead with the stupid bat and the physics. And ah, I'm sorry, I'm getting off on topic. Yeah, but again, a lot of the science... Uh, I don't get into it too much, but yeah, you're right. I just don't care about the story really that much in Star Wars. As hard as that sounds, I don't care about the story too much. As long as you're close enough to canon <laughs> and it's just fun, I'm okay with it. I'm going to enjoy the movie because it's Star Wars. Because I grew up with Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm still a kid. When I see the movie, my daughter sees the movie, my age when I first saw it. She has the same experience as I first had. It's just yep. fun. And that's all I want from Rogue One. It's just pure fun. And if I get pure fun and don't beat me over the head with metachlorians, I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> well, if you can't guess already, that is going to be our main topic for the next episode. In fact, I don't know if we'll talk about anything else but that, depending on how much we want to rave about it. But that is definitely our main topic for the next episode. Correct. And, as usual, do you have a final question? I do. If you had to rate your top three Star Wars movies, now, you can't guess it right now anyways, you haven't seen Rogue One yet. Right. Once you see Rogue One and rate your top three Star Wars movies, what movies, what order would that be in? That's a good question. That is a good question. And that does keep our topic on Star Wars next time. It does, and it starts off with Star Wars, we'll trash DC a little bit, and we'll go back to Star Wars. Or not, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, for John Paul. I'm B-Man. We're signing out. Until next time.